الظاهرة والباطنة وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله وسلامه عليه by the name of Allah, the most merciful and the most compassionate. The one that has none that has the right to be worshipped except Him. He is alone, without having any partners, who has bestowed upon us blessings in abundance, those blessings that are numerous, that which is outward and inward. And I bear witness that none has the right to be worshipped except Allah, who is alone, without having any partners. And I bear witness that Muhammad ibn Abdullah is his servant, and as messenger to proceed Ifwan So we welcome our beloved brothers and our beloved sisters to this series of classes whereas we're learning from the hadith of the Messenger alayhi salatu wassalam alayhi salatu wassalam so before we begin, we have a question. Who wants to answer? Ya Ikhwan. ما رأيكم بمن يقول أن الواجب على المسلم فقط أخذ القرآن دون السنة? What do you brothers and sisters say to a Muslim who says the only obligation is that you take the Qur'an and Sunnah, uh, that you take the Qur'an, rather, that you don't have to take the Hadith. What do you guys say about that? Yeah. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. Huh? And it could be disbelief. It's also haram. Qur'aniyun. Yeah. Since it's like it's not credible, we can yeah, like some positions the Iqwan are humbling. You sister, what do you say to someone who says, I only take the ahadith, uh, I don't take the ahadith, I only take the Quran. What do you guys say in that regard? It's incorrect. It's false. In reality, the one who rejects the authentic hadith, in reality, is rejecting the Qur'an. In reality. He doesn't see that. But in reality, his neglect, his denial of the sunnah, is in reality denial of the Qur'an. In reality. يقول تعالى وما آتاكم الرسول فخذوه وما نهاكم عنه فانتهوا الآية سورة الحشر Allah says and whatever the messenger gives you then take it and whatever he forbids you then stay away سورة الحشر وكل حديث صحيح أصله القرآن أصله القرآن فاحفظوا هذا you brothers and sisters especially you sisters you memorize this كل حديث صحيح كل صحيح كل حديث صحيح أصله القرآن every authentic hadith every authentic hadith its foundation is the Quran every authentic hadith أصله القرآن the foundation عاصم is the Quran Every authentic hadith, the foundation of it, the source of it, the origin of it, is the Qur'an. Man you can repeat, Masih? Every authentic hadith, the foundation is the Qur'an. Excellent. One of our beloved sisters, Fadli. Every authentic Every authentic hadith, the foundation is the Quran. Do they like take our eyes or do they interpret them differently? Uh, they, they say, 
Al-Nas Yuqbilun al-Ayat Lakin fi haqiqat al-Amat La yuqbilun They say They accept in the Ayat The likes of that They say they accept in the Ayat But in reality they're not Fi qawlihim Al-Muradu bi hadhi al-Ayat I'ta'un Nabi Al-Qur'an Lil-Nas Faqar Wada khata What they interpret is that The likes of these verses Allah is saying Whatever the messenger gives you Take it Meaning The Qur'an so they interpret them, they have a false understanding, ya khwan. There was a lecture I was listening to today, and the brother was explaining some points wrong, false, incorrect. And he wanted to defend and defend and defend and defend, but most times you're wasting your time, or you're about to enter into an argue fest, or you're going to call them names, they're going to call you names, but sometimes, ya khwan, there's not enough time. To defend and correct, correct this and remind of this. You try your best, but it's impossible. But Islam, talabul ilmi, mudafir anil haq. But seeking knowledge, you're defending against the truth. You're defending against the truth. Perhaps we arrived, alhamdulillah, at hadith number 28. I think our explanation were a few hadith behind in our memorization. We're in one spot in our memorization. We're in one spot of our last commentary. Yeah, the definition of taqwa. Taqwa. I believe the last hadith was the memorizing hadith. But as far as where we stopped in our commentary, we're a few hadith before. You guys remember that we do the hadith? Hadith Abu Dhar. Yeah, last time we started the explanation for 28. Yeah, we didn't go back. Yeah. Anybody has the last hadith as far as the one we were commenting on? Yeah, about the 28. 28? Yeah, we did the taqwa. Before that one? Uh, you still remember? Where did we stop? And I talk off for now? On 28? We did that adhul, haram. 24? I don't believe we finished 24. Okay. And our commentary will go back to 24. Uh, and our new hadith, we're on 28. And then on Wednesdays, we'll review. And our commentary, we're going to be a little behind as it takes a little, a night or two. Some of the ahadith are lengthy. Inshallah, uh, it's easy to recite it. That doesn't take a lot of time. So our commentary went on Al-Rabi' wa Ishreen, Hadith 24, La we'll stay there. Tonight we're on Hadith 28. For commentary 24, we did, I think. Okay, La 24, 25, it's okay, Yaqwa. Yeah, Sabru. Who's our best note-taker? Aina Shafi'i, Minkum. Who's our Shafi'i? Who's our Umm Salim from our beloved sisters? Adiyya. So we'll start there, inshallah. As Salatu Nur mentioned the light and the grave, the light. We'll start there, inshallah. So we're on Al An. Everybody go back to Hadith 28. Everyone turn to Hadith number 28. We didn't recite it in the group yet. So we did. Some of us did. Who wants to recite? Who didn't recite? Then let him recite. From our sisters, whoever didn't recite Hadith 28, who memorized and would like to recite, you can recite, inshallah. Everybody so far? This hadith is narrated about who? Mercy. It's upon you to hold on to my sunnah. To the end. Who's the rawi? Who narrated it? And where can we find it? Tadkur, you remember? Abdullah. Close. Shaykh Waha. عن نبي نجيح العرباب ابن سانية هل هذا يجب على الحافظ 
and yahfum man al-rawi wa man akhraja. And how the wajib alik? Is it obligatory? We're memorizing the ahadith. Is it obligatory for us to learn who narrated it and what book is in? Ajwabuna. Who mustahab? It's better. Labats. Wa yu'at al-qalba itma'nina. It gives your heart some ease. If I say to you, madalan, ana fiddaws, we're in a class. I say, and Allah says in the Quran, we're giving you more. I don't know, I got this from our Shaykh. Shaykh Yahya, he does this. He points it out, that's right. You see me pointing? I got that from him. He got that from the Hadith, the Messenger of Allah, when he pointed up. That's a proof that Allah is above. Some people say you can't say Allah is above. That contradicts the understanding of their companions. What does it mean, the understanding of the companions? We hear this phrase a lot. The understanding of the companions. What does this mean? Like um, if there is a ayah, hmm. the way they understood and used it. Their understanding, what they agreed upon. Now what they differ on. In some small issues, the campaign is different. The things that were unanimous on is not allowed to contradict that. If they understood Allah is above, if we say other than what they say, then we are wrong. And they are right. If I say to you, Madhalan, Allah says in the Quran, all praise belong to Allah, Lord of all the worlds. Perhaps that will give you some ease in your heart. Perhaps. If I say, Allah says in the Quran, in Surah Al-Fatiha, all praise belong to Allah, that's going to give you more. If I say, كما قال ربنا, I say the way Allah said it. قال الله تعالى الحمد لله رب العالمين هذا أكثر إطمئنين في القلب. That's going to give you the most ease and tranquility in your heart. وكذلك الحديث. Likewise الحديث. لا يجب على على الحافظ أن يذكر من الراوي ومن أخرج. هذا ليس بواجب أبدا. It's not obligatory ever. You sisters memorize this. You brothers memorize this. It's not obligatory to what we're learning it. On the authority of Abu Hurairah collected by Bukhari Muslim. That's better. That's better. Many of the Imams of today, and the Mayakuruna Hadithan, Yakuruna Hadithan, Many Imams of today, and we mention their names if you wish, some of them, they only mention the Hadith. They're not going to mention the narrator, and they're not going to mention where is that. It's not obligatory to. That's just better. Many of them. Shaykh Ibn Abbas does that a lot. They do it a lot. The scholars in Yemen, the scholars in Africa, you're never going to find that. They do what's better. They mention the narrator, sometimes they mention the page, sometimes they mention the number, sometimes they mention the book. That gives you more tranquility in your soul. Allah Ta'ib, our sisters, ma ma'ana What does it mean, wa'adha? What is al wa'adh? Man kanat mawjudatan, who was present, who was here last lesson. What does it mean, wa'av? To give a wa'av. Hey, reminder, aksanti. Ta'ib, Hussain, Amar. Wajalat minhal qulubu. Tarajim, translate. Aksanti, their hearts became fear, or filled with fear. Darafat minhal uyunu. Al-Urbaz, <coughs> Al-Urbaz ibn Saniyata radiyallahu He says the Messenger of Allah gave us a reminder. Mu'idatan baligha. Wahada fi ba'da ruayat. Some narrations, it has the word baligha. Eloquent, detailed reminder. 
وجلت منها القلوب so much so the hearts became filled with the fear of Allah وضربت منها العيون and the eyes shed tears قلنا هنا هذه يدل على ماذا عند الصحابة we mentioned this shows what about the companions automatically the prophet is speaking and they begin to be filled with fear in their hearts automatically بكت عيونهم all of a sudden their eyes shed tears this shows what hey they had khushu' they had the humility the concentration the fear of Allah it also shows what a taqwa it also shows the strength of the reminder good reminder it also shows one of our sisters they cry automatically their hearts were engaged this shows what iman mashallah it also shows that they were pondering and reflecting over over what was the Messenger of Allah saying. They weren't like many of us. We're listening to Jumu'ah and most of us are only worrying about leaving. Only worrying about leaving. What time is this brother going to stop? Yeah, <laughs> That's in his heart. MashaAllah, ya khi, lakin sata'akhar. Fi la'amal. Good reminder, ya khi, but I'm about to be late. I'm about to be late. <laughs> the sisters, MashaAllah, ain't a TikTok. Oh, what am I going to share tonight on TikTok? What about my Instagram? You're taking a long time, ya khi. At any rate, they used to ponder and reflect. Qalat. Qala fa'awsina. So advise us. قال النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام أوصيكم بتقوى الله عز وجل. The Messenger of Allah said, I advise you with the fear of Allah. ما معنى التقوى؟ تعلمنا قولين. Our sister, what's the meaning of تقوى؟ ما شاء الله. Fear and hope. قل سي هذا. You said that. Yeah. Yeah, accent. الإسلام بين الخوف والرجاء. We mentioned Islam. We worship Allah between two components: fear and hope. Fear and hope. Other scholars say three. They, they add another one. What is it? What is it? Love. Some scholars say we worship Allah between two components. Al Khawf Warraja. Fear and hope. Other scholars say three. Al Khawf Warraja Wal Hub. They say fear, love, uh, fear, hope, and love. And both of them are correct. Yeah, I was going to ask you a question. The meaning of taqwa. There's two meanings. The first one is Ta'atu lillahi bi imtithali amrihi wa ijtinabi nahihi ala ilmin wa basiratin. Jamila. We learned two meanings of the word taqwa. First meaning is to carry out, to implement the commands of Allah and to stay away from His prohibitions. Pay attention here. Upon knowledge and certainty, or knowledge and insight. Not just staying away. No. Not just fulfilling Allah's commands. No. Upon knowledge. And upon certainty, insight. One of my beloved sisters, she covers. Alhamdulillah. But this sister is not covering fulfilling the commands of Allah. She's covering because her, her mother said cover, her companion said cover, all the sisters cover, but she doesn't want to be left out without covering. So I'm going to cover. They all cover. I'm going to cover too. So this one wouldn't be uh, doing the action of taqwa. Taqwa ala ilmin wa basira. Is based upon knowledge and certainty. The second sister is covering. But she's covering, implementing Allah's commands. She has knowledge of the commands of Allah. She has knowledge and insight and certainty. So this will be the meaning of a taqwa. We also learned the second meaning of taqwa. Father, Father, and Tabu Dola, I 
and to worship Allah upon light from Allah and hoping for the word of Allah and to leave off what Allah has forbade upon the light from Allah fearing Allah's punishment this Firstly, who was the originator of this statement? Did we mention that? Now, who are you He's conveying. Had the men, Wa'ad bin Asalaf, one of the great Imams of the past, used to say this. Did I give you this ayah last time? Yeah. Tayyip, an, la ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah, Talqa ibn Habib. Talqa ibn Habib. Talqa ibn Habib. Have a call of this his statement here. He's from the Tabi'in or the Atba'a Tabi'in. Talqa ibn Habib. Have a call That's his definition. At Taqwa and Ta'abud Allah ala nur min Allah. Taruju thawab Allah. Wan Tabturuka ma'asiyat Allah. Ala nur min Allah. Taqshah iqab Allah. He says, What is the fear of Allah? We hear this phrase a lot. Fear of Allah, fear of Allah, fear of Allah. God, consciousness of Allah, consciousness of Allah. What does that mean? He says, it means that you worship Allah upon a light from Allah. What's this light, Shaykh Zayd? What's the meaning of this light here? From light and insight, certainty, from or of the Quran and Sunnah. So this light is not like the Sufis say, you reach a level that there's so much light around you and you're higher than the prophets and messengers and you no longer have to worship Allah. Not like that, that's false. They have proof. They have proof, And worship your Lord until certainty comes to you. They say, this is certainty to us. Be careful of this word, Ya To us. Be careful of that. To us. Their istidlal is false. Their ayah, their dalil is sahih. That's a correct verse. But their istidlal is false. How they're using it, what they're deriving from the verse is false. The sister, give me an example, Ya There was a sister on our, 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 our whatever app we're on. She says, I like your classes, but you're hard on the women. I said, Anna? <laughs> Me? All the jokes we make, all the fun we have? She said, yes, I follow you, and you're hard. I said, that's your opinion, you're entitled to that. I hope you're wrong. I hope you're wrong. At any rate, I said, how many classes you heard? She said, about three. I said, how the ladies have we shaved? That's not enough. I said, what we tried to do, what we learned from our shaykh, Abu Fida, may Allah preserve him. I heard he's in jail there now in Yemen. May Allah remove all the ulama from prison here, Quran. Those who don't deserve to be there. Tayyip, he used to give an example. If he give an example of the women, his next example is going to be about who? The men. If he begins with the men, the next example is going to be about the women. So we try to do the same. I said, perhaps you didn't catch that. If I give an example for the brothers, if you follow, our next examples are going to be about the sisters, to be fair. So no one can say, hey, you want to give the men examples? And the sisters, we know how the Somali women, they can fight, they study, you think your brothers learn MMA? You have nothing on them. MashaAllah, we don't want no trouble. Yeah, khwana. We don't want them, they be lined up in the bag. Hey, yeah, you said, you said. You want no trouble? Yeah, khwana. Now the deen, you want no trouble. At any rate, So we try to get an example for the women. Our next example is for the brothers. We try to get an example from the brothers. Next example is for the women. So if we are harsh to the brothers, that's not our Islam. And if we're shadidan lil-nisa, and if we're hard on the women, that's not our, exam, our Islam either. We try to be in the middle. We try to be in the middle. Who said this? Taqwa Allah and Ta'abud Allah Talq ibn Habib Talq ibn Habib And the first one is 
The first one was the originator of that statement, Allah. I think that's a general meaning. Shaykh Wadimin mentions that. I don't know if he's originating Allah. Most of the scholars, that's their definition of taqwa. He says, listen and obey. Who are you listening and obeying? Allah and His Messenger. That's it. And everyone that's in charge. The Aimma, your parents, the leaders. The Ulul Amr, they don't have to be Muslims. That's important, The people who are in charge, it's not a condition that they have to be Muslims. If they're not Muslims, you obey them, and what they say agrees with Quran and Sunnah. There's a statement that some people say, you have to obey the laws of the land you're in. Perhaps you heard that before. You have to obey the laws of your, the country you're in. That's not from the religion. And there's no proof to that. We're going to obey we're going to obey what's in line with Quran and Sunnah. If someone obeys someone who contradicts the Quran and the Sunnah, it could be allowed, it could be haram. It depends on the thing itself. If it's something of community, for example, somebody graduates from high school, and then we have a dinner for him, a celebration. That's not from the religion to do that. That's not from Quran and Sunnah to do that. But it doesn't contradict Quran and Sunnah. Two different positions. Something may not be from the Quran and Sunnah, but it doesn't contradict the Quran and Sunnah. Your wife memorizes the Quran. Method. So she's memorizing the Quran, mashallah. To reward her and to encourage her, you say, Hey, honey, baby doll. What's the Somalian nickname, Yaqwan? Somali, you got one? What do you say in your country, uh, Masi? Yeah. <laughs> For the women. The man is married, he says in Afghan, what does he say? Hey, honey. <laughs> Whatever you call her, no problem. Since you're doing so well in your hearful, your memorization, I got a surprise for you. You blindfold her. That's not from Islam. You tie her up, take her to the car, no peeking, mashallah. It's not from Islam, but you can do that. And it's okay to have fun with our wives. We forget that Islam is deen on shumuli. It's a comprehensive religion. It's not just Salah. It's not just Siyam. It's not just Al-Hajj. No. Islam is coming. It's complete. You can have fun with your wives. And the wives can have fun with the husbands. You can have fun with your children. All of this is from Islam. So you blindfold her. She's happy. They like stuff like that, mashallah. You put it in the car. She's not. She's nervous. She's happy. She's blushing. You take her to Red Lobster. Oh, take the blindfold off. What's this for? This is, I'm trying to encourage you to keep on memorizing. You're doing a tremendous job. No one can say, No one can say that's from Islam. There's no ayah or hadith to support that. But it doesn't contradict the Quran and Sunnah. Sometimes you guys get it wrong, especially the children. I say, yo, it's 10 push ups after class. That's not from Islam. But it doesn't contradict Islam. So there's a difference between something that's from Islam and something that contradicts Islam. So the president, the, the rulers are not Muslims. We obey them and whatever agrees with the Quran and Sunnah. If it's something that does not agree with the Quran and Sunnah, then it's not on you to follow that. It's not on you to follow that. It could be allowed if it doesn't contradict Quran and Sunnah. Mm -hmm. No. 
in general, uh, similarly, you don't obey them. However, if they're the leaders, even if they're not Muslims, and they command you with something, if it contradicts the Quran and Sunnah, that's something else. If it does not contradict the Quran and Sunnah, although they're Muslimin and Mujrimin and the likes, and they could be the kafirin, disbelievers, criminal and sinful, they are the leaders. So you're going to obey them to a certain point. That's from our religion. That's from Ahl Sunnah and Jama'ah. If they're in charge, we live in a non-Muslim society. Our rulers are not going to be Muslims in the West. So we just dismiss them? No. They're over us? Yes. So as long as they don't command with something you khalifu al-kitab al-sunnah, then you submit and you obey. If they command you with something that contradicts the Quran and Sunnah, that's something else. That's what I was saying there. Our sister had a hand up. Uh, taking donations from the government? As a masjid, uh, accepting donations from the government. Mm. What is the problem? Our sister is talking about donations, you could say sadaqah, donations from the government. Aslan had a jais. Aslan. Originally, that's allowed. Originally. There's nothing to say that's haram. A Christian can give you sadaqah, the government can give you sadaqah. لكن عليك أن تسأل هل هي تشتريط هل فيه شروط أم لا وهذا في الكثير. You have to ask what's the stipulations. The government comes to the Muslim and say, hey, we'll give you a free building. Do what you want with it. It's sadaqa from our state to you. Kansas City comes. We'll give you a free library. Do whatever you wish. Generally, that's allowed. We can't say it's haram because Allah didn't say it's haram. So originally it's allowed. But you have to look at the conditions. Do they have conditions? Most of it has conditions. The government and countries, especially the non-Muslim countries, whatever they give you, especially they say it's free, it's not free at There's nothing called free usually. Usually it's called something, but it's hidden. But if it is no conditions, our library, you Muslims can have it, no conditions. Do whatever you wish. That will be allowed. I would say check the fine print, check the conditions. Usually they give you something and they want a portion of your leadership, a portion of your control, a portion of the rules, a portion of, a portion of, a portion of. You have a masjid, you're not in charge of your masjid no longer. The government is in charge. They want to write out your Jumu'ah, they want to write out your classes, and you signed up for that, you agreed. They want to tell the sister, hey, you can't dress like this, you have to dress like that. You brothers, you can't do this, you have to do that, and you agreed to it. So be careful with the conditions. That's what I would say to our sister's question, Wallahana. Generally, it's allowed. The church, and they outdo us in this regard, in my opinion. The person is a poor man. And poor here can mean he has a job, he has an income, but it's not sufficient for him. Right? He still can be poor. He can have a job and you still can qualify to be poor. The church says, We have food for you, we have drink for you, we have shelter for you. And I heard one time in my own ears. There was a Muslim, he was in need, a poor brother, real nice brother. He didn't have no job, he didn't have no food, he didn't have no drink. He was in need. And the Muslims, we sent him to the church. You can't stay in our masjid. Ah, why not? I'm not saying that people live in the masjid, I'm not saying that. But why not? Your brother comes to you, who's in the street. Not someone he wants to harm you. Not someone you have to watch around the women and watch around the children. Not like that. Someone, he's general, you don't have to worry about no harm with him. He's just tested. It could be a sister also. No place to go, no shelter, no food. And we say, go to the Christians. 
That's incorrect, y'all. First, if we don't have institutions in place, we, where's our shelters? That'd be a nice idea, y'all. Many of you go to college, graduates, that's nice ideas. Where's our Muslim shelter? Who's even thinking about ideas like that? Where are our Muslim kitchens? Where we can come, the, the non-Muslims can come to the Muslims to get food and drink every Monday and Tuesday. Not just in Ramadan. We don't have to wait for Ramadan to give ta'am and masharabah, food and drink. No. It's a sunnah. But we forget a lot, a lot of these issues are from Islam. We don't have shelters. We don't have places, kitchens, soup kitchens you may call them, or clothing shelters. This is from, we can do all of this, ya There's nothing stopping us to do it. Illa anfusana, except our own selves. We can have it for the women. We can divide it. When the sisters are in bad times, you need somewhere to go. We have a building. We have our three sisters there, they're in charge, mashallah ta'ala. We have security there. We have some money raised. These single sisters, or they could be married, they are in need of somewhere to live. They can stay there. Alhamdulillah. We give them food, we give them drink. We may have a condition, you have to make your salah, you have to come to the classes. Alhamdulillah. The Christians are out doing us and things like this. And that's how they give their da'wah. They go to someone, Jo'an, someone that's hungry. <clears throat> They're very cross. In Africa, you see it all the time. <clears throat> they go to the Muslim. Who's in need of food And he's hungry You ever seen someone hungry? You see someone that's hungry Hungry that many of you never felt That pain hunger Where your stomach is And it hurts Abu Hurair experienced that When they would tie rocks To their bellies That would relieve some of the pressure I've never experienced that type of hunger, for example, where it hurts you. You can't move, not because you worked out. No, you are hungry. You're hungry, for example. At any rate, they go to the man or woman that's in need, especially the women, who is hungry. Someone that has weak iman that's hungry is going to accept anything because all he wants is the food. So they say that's how we convert a lot of the Muslims in Africa. A lot of the Muslims in different countries. We go to them while they are hungry. And we give them food and drink. For example. At any rate, a lot of these positions are from our religion. Yeah. It's from Islam to give sadaqah. As our sister says, the Christian can give sadaqah. He can give sadaqah. But you just have to watch the conditions. The government comes, you sisters, we're going to give you a musalla just for you. An uh, institute. Usually it has a catch. We run it with you 50-50. Then don't do it. Somebody says, what do you say about going to a church and giving them da'awah? You say, that's a law. We'll do that. Without conditions. They say, hey, you are invited to come to our church. Reverend such and such, Baptist on Antioch. Tight. We'll go there. What's your condition? You can't mention Allah. Asalaamu Alaikum. Next, brother. I remember I was in Florida years ago and I was invited to do the prayer the statewide prayer they had the Muslims, the Christians, the Jews and every group they wanted to fit together they gave it a name so every year they would choose a different leader of the Muslims next year, leader of the Christians next year, leader of the Jews next year, leader of LBG next year, next everybody has a chance it gets to the Muslims now they say hey you're going to be the one giving this reminder inshallah, what's the condition? You have to ask. This is America. What's the conditions? They say, La yumkinuka an tadkur Allah. La udhkur isma God. They say, first of all, you Muslim, you can't mention Allah's name. So who am I going to pray to? If I can't mention Allah, who am I going to make my dua for? To? They say, you can mention God. Second of all, you can't mention Muhammad. You can't mention none of the prophets in Arabic. You have to mention them in English. We don't believe Muhammad is a prophet, so you can't mention him. So who's going to agree? I said, this is not a prayer for the Muslims. It's not our prayer. And then many of the brothers thought we were being harsh and extreme. Oh, this is da'wah. Yeah, this is a chance to give da'wah. What da'wah are we giving? We can't say Allah's name. What da'wah are we giving? Yeah, At any rate, we can't just make up our own way to give da'wah. It has to be from Quran and Sunnah. It has to be from Quran and Sunnah. Father Sheikh, you have something? I'll, I'll, I'll ask you after.
No, because you might give us all the benefit. How about that? Was, Some uh, of you have good questions, yeah. Ikhwan. So, so, and everyone can benefit, may Allah bless you all. The question has to do with like, uh, um, uh, kind of what Muhammad was alluding to earlier, I believe. Uh, like, what if, what if the, the things that you're binded to uh, by contract, mm -hmm. let's say, then are, uh, those things are taking you away from doing your duties as a Muslim? And then you have to be careful, Ya Khwan. That we will add to that a amal, a job. Any job, any agreement, any contract that stops us from being Muslim in that job, that job is not allowed to have. A job, the sister comes, you can be a teacher here, sister, you can't wear that khimar. You can't be, you can't wear the khimar. That job, it could be allowed for her to have it if they allow her to wear the khimar. They say, you can't wear the khimar, we tell our sister, then don't take that job, you're free Allah and be patient. Don't worry about the money. Same thing with a man in his beard, it happens a lot. You want to know if you're really trying to hold on to something? Get some money in front of you. You say, hey, Muhammad, hold this $10,000 for me. I got to make a trip. You're in charge of it. He's going to know how strong he is religiously if money is in front of him. Especially the women. You want to test the women? Put some money in there. Or some clothes, they like clothes and jewelry. Us, we like money. Put the money in there. Now this is a, a covenant between you and the person. You can't spend that money. You hold this money for me. All you can do is hold it. I can't use it, buy something and replace it. That's not allowed. If I want to use the money, I have to do what? Whose permission do I have to get? The person. The person. Likewise, sadaqah. Sometimes we have to be careful how we ask for sadaqah. And how we give the sadaqah. If it's stipulated, we say there's a sister, she's in need of sadaqah to pay her electric. It's stipulated. We raise a thousand dollars for her electric. She takes it and buys groceries with it. That's not correct. If you ask for something specific, you have to use that thing, according to the ulama, you have to use that thing for what you ask for. Unless you come back to the people and get their permission. That's our religion. A job comes, you sister, you can't wear that jilbab. Tight. Can I wear something that resembles a jilbab? No. Then don't take that job. Same thing with the brothers. You can't have a beard. And the salary is a lot. So you're going to see how strong you are in front of a lot of salary. The ratib, mashallah. Then we say, hey, it's only a lihya. It's only sunnah. It's only, it's only. No, it's only money. And money is usually a test. Money is usually a test. What about when that money that we are contractually binded to give from mm -hmm. is used to do very evil things? In that regard, even worse, even more so. Uh, if it's going, you have to do something evil with it, or it's, it's a contract, you're binded by it, and it's pushing you to do something evil, I would say try to get out that contract. We're not doing it. Our huh? money is being used in that way. Give an example. We are We are compelled there. That's different. You're not compelled to. You are compelled to pay certain taxes in America, Yehwan. Some things you have to remember, Yehwan. We are in their land. And in most things, we can't worship Allah the way we wish. Now there's some things we're grateful that we're in America. Some Muslim countries, America is better than them. In their situation, how it is, the status, the stability, it depends. The Muslim country is better, there's a Muslim country. But the the situation can be better in America. Maybe there's not a lot of violence, there's no killing, there's no wars, there's no tribal this and tribal that. There's more stability, no problem. But the Muslim country is still going to be better place, but this disbelieving place, the situation is better to be in. Some things you're compelled to do. Anyone who wants to drive is compelled to take a picture and have a license. You're compelled to do that. Islam says 
that if you drive, there's no sin on you, because this is something that's forced on you. Some scholars, they say, don't do it. Some scholars are even more strict. They say driving is not a necessity. We had this conversation I first mentioned, and one of the sisters got offended there. Hold on. Some, many of us believe driving is a necessity. No, that's not reality. Necessity is Necessities are defined by those things that without them mercy, you're going to die. So paying car insurance, according to those who say it's not a necessity, it is haram. According to those that say it's a necessity, they say it's not haram. Because they say someone else is making it obligatory upon you. You're forced to do so. So looking at driving, two opinions. Some scholars say driving is a necessity. You need a car. You need to drive. That's one opinion. Second opinion, you don't need it. I can go right to the corner and I can wait my three hours. Then the bus comes. I give my, my, my ticket. I get on. I sit down. I live my life. It makes it harder. Yes. I challenge any of you not to drive tomorrow. I challenge you. Fit Aglabia. Massey talked about Massey laughing already. Our sister laughing. Fit Aglabia. Usually we're not going to die from that. Sometimes I walk to the masjid. It's three blocks. And one brother says, hey, nobody walks to the masjid, yachi. I said, we're going to bring walking back, inshallah. Especially you have beautiful weather here. It's only three blocks away. We can park our car sometimes. We parked and we walked. Alhamdulillah. The sister's going to say, hey, yachi, assalamu alaikum. And you all right? I'm okay, sister. May Allah bless you. One time, my sister may Allah raise her. She said, yachi. You want to drive the car? She was handing me the keys. To, to, I said, no, sister, may Allah bless you. It's okay. I'm only, the most I am is four blocks. That's the farthest I am. But may Allah raise you. I thought that was honorable. But it looks weird. You're walking. You're Muslim. You're walking to the masjid. Inshallah. It's not far. But some scholars say it's a necessity. Some say a privilege. For those that say it's a necessity, taking the pictures for license is not on you. It's no sin on you. Because you, you're, you're compelled to do it. You guys with me? For those that say it's a privilege, you are sinful. Because you don't have to get it. Isn't the car just takes the place of like a horse? Hey, good. Is it obligatory to have a horse? No. The answer is no. We still have our original, we have our feet and we have our legs. Not obligatory. If the weather's nice tomorrow, some of you live far, you probably can't do this. Some of you live close, there's a bus route, and I'll do the same. Our challenges are for me too. Play it. Let's park our car tomorrow if the weather is Jamilan, if it's beautiful. Usually, we're not going to die from that. If it's cold, Omar's going to be, man, I'm not sitting, I'm, I'm cold, yaqi. The brother going to give us this challenge. I'm cold, I'm from Somalia. I'm cold, yaqi. Bismillah. At any rate, he has to wait on the bus. It's going to be hard. Yes. Halim is there on the bus waiting. It's hard. Heavy. Why are we taking this bus? We usually drive. We're trying something, inshallah. May Allah bless you, sister. Alhamdulillah. All of our sisters are going to get offended. Oh, I'm not. I'm driving, yaqi. I got no problem. Your life is not going to end. East Coast is easier to get a bus. Yeah, the East Coast, it is easier. I don't think y'all have trains. I don't know if you train here. You guys don't have trains? I used to live in Who's out of state? Who's out of state? We used to live in East Coast. Our sisters, probably. And the East Coast is different. We have trains, we have trolleys, we have buses. It's the inner city. Yeah, I see that one bus only every three hours. That's why I gave the joke. You're going to be sitting there, but your life is not going to end. It's difficult. Yes. But your life is not going to end. If we go out here right after Isha and go to the corner, I think the bus goes there, or by the QT, by the gym, we go there. I see that bus pass. Let's sit on that step. No problem. We're still going to be alive. That's the point. That's why some scholars say it's not a necessity. It just makes it more convenient. We all drive. We get home in 20 minutes. That 20 minute trip on a bus is going to be two hours. But your life is not over. That's the difference of the scholars there. Some say necessity, 
Some say not necessary. Fadli? Allah does make things easy. Correct. We're not saying not to get a car. We're not saying don't get a bike. We're not saying don't. We're not saying that. We're saying the hukum, the ruling. You guys with me? Our sister's making a good point. Allah makes it easy. We're traveling and someone says, I want to pray the whole salah. is level. He prays his whole salah. That's allowed. But he's leaving off the allowance of Allah. Why make it difficult? Allah gave you an allowance. Correct. But we're talking about the ruling here. Is it obligatory to go outside right now and ride a bike? Is it obligatory to go get an electric bike? Is it obligatory to ride a horse? Is it obligatory to take a car? The answers are no. It makes it easier. It makes it easier. You guys with me? Would it be halal for you to cheat insurance or cheat like taxes with the intention of like not paying them? This the, that taxes will be difficult, yeah, Juan. I don't know how would you do that. Insurance, it could be a way. They have some companies that. Um, there wouldn't be anything wrong there religiously. Haram. Like, let's say I buy a car and I put in the name of my father instead of my own name. It's my car, though. Mm. I say that it's his car. So it can be cheap. But you can get around that there you'll be lying. Had a haram. Like, you give me less money because haram maybe. And now you share with them in the sin But say you can get around that I have a car I put in my Abby's name My insurance will be cheaper I say Abby, this car is yours So now I'm not lying in front of Allah This car, Abby, I gift you this car This is your car So now I'm not lying Now I put the insurance in Abby's name some people say, what about Section 8? What about uh, food stamps? I don't know if I have that here. What about family assistance? Is that allowed? Yes. It's allowed. They receive sadaqah from the government. It's allowed. Islam does not say, have the haram. Islam does not say, have the makruh. Islam does not say, this is haram. To go to the government and say, hey, I qualify for your free welfare. I don't have a job, or I have a job, I make a little bit of money, here's my big statements. If I qualify, Islam says you're allowed to get that free food. What's not allowed is if I lie to get it. I have a job, and I say I don't have a job. Now that's haram. Or I make a certain amount of money, I say I don't make that money to get the low-income house. That's haram. To qualify for the low-income house, some low-income house you have here, if you have no money, you can get a free house. That's allowed if you're being truthful on the application. You don't have a job? No, I don't. You have any income? No. You have any assistance? No. If he's being truthful, it's allowed for him to take that free house. And no one should look down upon him for that. It's allowed. What's not allowed, what's haram if he's lying to get the money. Sometimes our sisters do this tax time with the children. <laughs> the sister, hey, 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 Khadija, Hamza, Halima, man, you need to need Amrika, Ola, Atini, Hamza, Dullah. Who wants me to claim their children? Give me five hundred dollars. And then they say, I raised the child, I had him this year, and then she raises so much money for this child, so much money for this child. Now it's a business. I'ma give you, we're gonna get three thousand, I'm gonna take two thousand, I'm gonna give you a thousand. All that's haram. All that's haram. If you're not the caretaker of that child, and that money will be haram. If you really take care of that child, that will be allowed. If you're the caretaker of that child, I had the baby all year, truthfully. Alhamdulillah. He lives with his Abby, I'm just going to say he is with me. Because I'm going to get more money. And then I'm going to send Abby some of the money. That's haram. I'm lying to get that money. That's not correct. Yaqul Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, 
الصدق يهدي إلى البر والبر يهدي إلى الجنة وأن الرجل لا يصدق حتى يكتب عند الله صديقا من حديث ابن مسعود عند البخاري ومسلم والكذب يهدي إلى الفجور والفجور يهدي إلى النار والرجل يكذب حتى يكتب عند الله كذابا The Messenger of Allah says truthfulness leads to righteousness Wouldn't be halal Like this with all seriousness with like They were like some highway robbers for example And they said like give me your money and you said no to them hmm. But you had money you said you don't have any money so you lied to them No that now would be allowed right? hmm. So like what if you compare them to the government like in certain matters hmm. Yeah meaning you lied to them It depends on the situation like You're trying to get some insurance See the issue with insurance is not the correct opinion is that it's not obligatory anyway. Yeah. So here, there's no force there. Someone telling you, hey, disbelieve in Allah right now. I disbelieve in Allah. Or I'm going to kill you. Hey, you Muslim. The man has strong iman or, or weak iman. Say you disbelieve in Allah right now. Or I'm going to take your life. I disbelieve in Allah right now. That's a law for him to do that. To preserve his life. Somebody may say, hey, but he's lying. Yes. This instance is a law for him to lie here. What Imam Ahmed was doing, he could have said something with his tongue just to get out that difficulty. What Bilal was suffering from, he could have just said a statement of kufr, but the Iman is in his qalb. That's allowed. You can do that. But to have the Iman and the Azma, the determination in your heart and on your tongue, and take the consequences is better. Out of fear. For example, that suppose why I'm saying this, my heart agrees with that. At any rate, that example will be different. Someone tries to rob you and give me your money. Oh, I don't got no money. I'm preserving my life here. So the angels don't write that line here. That's different. Insurance, that'll be hard to compare that to that. <laughs> but there's a ways around insurance here. You can get, for example, they have some companies where they would charge. It wasn't real insurance, but it was a real card. So you're paying, I sell a card. This card is a legit card that the government, if you get pulled over, it's quite, it qualifies you to drive your car. But if something was to happen, the expenses are on you. That's not how wrong there. There's nothing wrong with that. You just have to be careful. If you get in an accident, may not permit, you have to pay everything. Because you're, you're forced to have certain things in the West. There's no insurance in the Muslim countries. That's probably why they drive like that. You ever seen somebody driving Somalia? You ever seen in Yemen? It's even worse. Oh. I would never drive there. I'm not driving in the Muslim world. I'm afraid. They say the rules are mustahab. The traffic laws are recommended. Nobody follows them. Nobody. You see how they drive? Like, you wonder why is there not more accidents? Alhamdulillah, it's not a lot of accidents. It's some, but it's not a lot. But you would think how you drive, there's accidents every day, hundreds and hundreds. Look how you drive here. Who can drive here? Nobody can drive here. No laws. The lights is red. Nobody stops. It's, it's, they say it's recommended to follow the traffic laws there. At any rate, insurance there in the, in the West, we have to remember, Ikhwan, we're not going to be able to worship Allah Ta'ala completely under their system. Like we talked about that day when you guys got offended when I mentioned some things, some political stuff. At any rate, we're visitors here. This is not our land, number one. Some things we can do, some things we can't do. In some countries, I think in the UK, the woman can't wear the niqab. Somewhere in England or something like that. In France. In France. She can't wear the niqab. If she wears it, she takes a punishment. They go to jail, they have to pay a fine. At any rate, those sisters there take their niqabs off. There's not, no sin on them. For those that say it's obligatory, there's no sin on them. Egypt years ago, the man couldn't wear a thobe. They bring the thobes back, mashallah. The woman in Egypt cannot wear a jibbah in Egypt. She's a terrorist. The man wearing a thobe, you go to jail. So for years, you saw no jibbah. All the women had their little, I call it the workout thing, the little t-shirt, and they got the tight sleeve here, and then a the blouse. That was the jibbah in Egypt years ago. That was jibbah. And if you are afraid, there's no sin on you. Like COVID time, somebody's afraid, if I come to the masjid, I'm going to get COVID. Then don't come. Don't come. And you did not commit a sin. 
to sell it for the bait, selling your home. And it's not obligatory upon you to come. Someone else comes and he says, The man comes, I'm not afraid to come, but don't touch me. I'm going to separate from you because I'm afraid if you touch me, I'm going to get sick. Then you're allowed not to touch. Then don't touch. At any rate, if you're not afraid, then you line up according to the Quran and Sunnah. And it's incorrect for masajid to have general rules. We say in our masjid, for example, not here, generally, our masjid, we're not going to allow them shoulder to shoulder and foot to foot. I don't have the right to do that. It's Islam. The sisters, don't line up shoulder to shoulder and foot to foot during the COVID. No. Suppose she's not afraid. Then she does the sunnah. It's allowed if you're afraid. Then have your six feet. No problem. The government comes now and they binds the masajid. You're going to be open. Your people have to pray six feet apart. Now we tell the people, pray six feet apart. We bind it. Two different things. Bind it. No. Last point, one of our sisters, hand up. One of our brothers. Let's take one more benefit, Ikhwan. قَالَ فَإِنَّهُ مَنْ يَعِيشُ مِنْكُمْ And whoever from amongst you lives a long life then he's going to see many differences of opinion. We're going to write three things. You're going to see much differences of opinions. I want you to write in three things. You're going to see many differences of opinions in three things. Fil aqidah, number one, in the belief system of Islam. Fil aqidah. Number two, fil akhlaq, and manners and character. Number three, fil minhaj, and methodology. Number one, fil aqidah in the belief system of al-Islam. You're going to see differences of opinion in belief. This one says it's haram to say Allah is above. This one says obligatory to say Allah is above. This one says Allah is everywhere. This one says Allah is above the throne. This sister, she says, this brother, he says, but it's something of aqidah. Number two, fil akhlaq in manners. This one says, to look a sister in the face is respectful. This one says, no, lower your gaze is respectful. They differ. You do have a look. When do you have a look, Yehwah? When you get married. And that's the, the benefit of the sit down. And we should encourage our women not to just be pretty women physically. We're not saying not to be pretty. We don't want no trouble there, Yehwah. Be pretty. But don't let that be your goal, Don't let that be your objective. Many of the women, everything is superficial. Everything. She doesn't care about the bottom, her heart. Everything is the outer, the outer, uh, outer. The outer has a place, but that's not the goal, Your bottom is the goal, your heart, your manners, your belief in Allah, your Islam, your knowledge. That's the most important. But we're not saying you can't marry a pretty girl. I'm not saying that. I say everybody's pretty. Make it in your mind, you young brothers, put in your mind, every righteous woman is beautiful. Now you can't go wrong. Put in your mind. Now when this one walks past, and she's like the sun, and this one walks past, and she's like the moon, and they're so pretty, beautiful. You don't go crazy. You don't do like the younger kids in our weekend class. When we, those little gay kids, they won't. <laughs> they see those sisters. Little girls, mashallah. The hadith has nothing about age. I'll give you a true story. My own son, Abdullah, he was six or seven at the time. Kunafil Masjid. We were in the Masjid in Philadelphia, uh, Pennsylvania, outside of Philly. He was young, mashallah. A little baby girl comes in. I was friends with her, Abby. Khadija was seven or eight. Abdullah, six or seven. Khadija seven or eight. We're sitting in this side, Khadija comes in. They were sitting in an angle where Abdullah, Yubusiru, how they were sitting, they could see each other. He's seven, she's six or seven, seven or eight. 
At the angle, he was like this, she was like that. So I told him, oh, I was like, yeah, look, 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 look. Abdullah couldn't move. He was like this. And the girl was the same. What did Abdullah do? He stands up and just starts throwing flips. And every time he did a flip, he would look at the girl. Saying like, oh, you think that's something? Watch this one. And then do another flip. And then look at her. Oh, no attention? Okay. Now I'm going to do three flips. And then she, mashallah, may Allah order, she was just sitting there. She wasn't bothered. She wasn't impressed. And the more she wasn't impressed, Abdullah did more flips. And then he turned around and did a backflip. And every time I look at her, and I said to the brother, the hadith doesn't mention age. It doesn't mention age. One time, the little baby girl boys, baby girls are there. The girls walk in, we're not talking about anything. All of a sudden, the little baby boys just start doing push-ups. Because of the girls. Oh, looking at her, seven, eight, 41, 56, 100. The hadith has nothing to do with number. In class, it's so humbling at home. These little baby girls are there. It's so hard to keep the boys forward. If it's like that for the boys, we don't have a chance to have fun. The little boys, you say, hey, up here, up here, hey, hey, sound like them. They won't, it's hard at home. The hadith has nothing to do with age. You have in your mind, every righteous woman is beautiful. Now you're not going to go crazy over a beautiful woman. Everybody's beautiful. Now you're going to look at her inner, her manners, her knowledge, her belief. Sometimes you have to ask the woman, what do you believe? Don't be so mesmerized about the superficial stuff. No. What's more important? How she's going to remind you of Allah. Is she going to remind you of the Jannah? She's going to remind you of the hellfire. She's going to help you seek knowledge. This is the thing that many of us, we forget. Allah Ta'ala, and Allah the Most High knows best. May Allah bless you all your heart. If you guys don't have anything else, then we'll... Where do we stop? Our third point. We said, see, ikhtilaf and kithira, many differences. We mentioned three things. Fil aqidah and belief. Wa fil akhlaq and manners. One minhaj and methodology. Your minhaj is the kafiyah. How? Someone says, ma minhajuka? What's your minhaj? You say, Minhaji Salafi, inshallah, Hadithi, inshallah, Ahl Sunnah, inshallah. You say, My methodology is the methodology of the companions. My methodology is the methodology of the people of Hadith, for example. So, three things. Number one, Aqeedah. You're going to see many ikhtilafat of the belief of the Muslims. These Muslims only take from Quran. These Muslims, Quran and Sunnah. These Muslims, there is no Jannah. These Muslims, there is a Jannah. These Muslims, Allah is everywhere. These other Muslims, Allah is above the throne. You're going to see many ikhtilafat fil aqeedah. Many difference of opinions in belief. Second issue, al-akhlaq, manners and morals. And the third, al-minhaj, yamatadanji. Naktafi bihada, wastafta ya ikhwan. Wa subhanak lahum wa bihamdika. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta sarfullahi Assalamu alaikum so Wednesday we do our review inshallah.